0: Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success.
1: Hi there, folks. Welcome back to episode 228 of the WP Tonic Show. My co host, Kim is not joining us. She has gone back to Florida and found a house still standing, but she's got a little bit of repair work to do. So she won't be joining us this week, but um, I think you can understand that, folks. I've got the great pleasure of a great guest coming back to the show. Um, He's one of my favorite WordPress people. That's Jake Goldman, president and founder of 10Up like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners jake
0: sure thanks for those kind words i'm always happy to come back on the show um so i'm as uh, as jonathan mentioned i'm the president and founder of 10up where a full service shop focused on using uh, open source tools like wordpress to uh, build amazing websites and tools and apps for content creators uh started temp about six years ago, have spent about, oh, geez, I'm losing track of the time now, 15 years working in uh, technology and web and different sort of web applications. Um, uh, and uh, right now I focus most of my time as the president working with our team on uh, everything from sort of business development and sales to key account management to strategy on some interesting projects to sort of all the million hats you wear, even when you somehow have 125 people working with you still Still, manage to wear an awful lot of hats and manage to insert yourself in a lot of places where you feel like you can can provide some leadership.
1: Yeah,
0: I live out out relatively close to you in uh, near Sacramento, in a suburb of Sacramento, and it's probably all about people are interested in.
1: Oh, you're a man of many hats, put it that way. So, I'm the founder of WP Tonic. We're a maintenance support company. Um, We help you with WooCommerce. Membership sites, or literally anything that you need, a trusted partner that's part of the WordPress community. We're your people, um, Jake. Um, this is, let's start with a couple um, ten up um, things that have been in in the news. Um, you recently um, required lift. Um, basically, what were the faults about that, and how's it gone?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think we're still, I think, buzzing on cloud nine about that acquisition, that entire team, all, you know, the four of them, all four of them that joined us, including their, um, their partners, Brad and Chris, and uh, as well as the uh, the two other members of their team that are joining us, a couple of engineers, including a front end engineer, um, have all been fantastic. The goal of that acquisition was, uh, there's a few goals, the largest goal was, you um, We, although I think we do fantastic design and creative work at 10Up, we saw a real opportunity to add more of that leadership to the team and strengthen our portfolio a little bit, be a little bit stronger in our ability to compete and tell stories and have the time to focus uh, on doing outstanding design. I thought Brad, uh, Brad Miller in particular from like a how to position, pitch, tell a story about design, and Chris Wallace from, you know, executing and leading and delivering on great design, were really powerful additions to our team. They have some great stories in their portfolio, including you know Emmy nominated work that I think really lifts up, no pun intended, our own portfolio. I also think that sort of, sort of that was like the, one of the main goals of doing an acquisition. The other reality is as, as we spent time with them, just got to know them, As potential partners and people, we found remarkable overlap in sort of our vision what it is we want to accomplish um, within the space, the kind of customers we work with, kind of experience that we're trying to create for customers. And so I think you put the, like, opportunity to grow 10 up, and this just feels like a natural place for two teams that are, you know, to, you know, join up and work together rather than occasionally competing and, and bumping into each other in a different direction, so... Uh, that was sort of the impetus in terms of how it's going. It's still relatively early to say, like, you know, three years in, we've you know, <laughs> it's been a clear return on investment kind of a thing. Um, it's only been, I think, not even three months um, since we've done it. But I would say so far, all the things that we were hoping for are, you know, are panning out, the talent that was brought into the team. Um, you know, Anthony and Christian, incredibly you know, natural fits to the rest of our production team, uh, doing great work. Uh, I love working with Brad on some of the deals that we're pursuing. We've had some luck there. Um, you know, I think Chris is you know, just starting to make a real impact. You know, at the beginning of making a real impact in a larger design team at 10Up, but uh, just even on small things like helping us with some of the brand work that we're doing for ourselves and some of our own marketing has really had an impact. So all the right signals, all the right feels a few months in.
1: That's great. Um, do you think in general there's going to be a lot of um, companies – in the wordpress area that are going to merge together in the next year 18 months
0: yeah it's a good question i'm always cautious when i'm bringing out my crystal ball
1: i uh, do have the occasional good one
0: yeah um the uh you know i don't know what you know 12 months is a relatively short flies by i don't know how much activity we're going to see in 12 months i i do think when we look at when you talk about like the next few years in the space and sort of make a little bit of a broader horizon My instinct is, yes, that I think we'll see more of that. I think when you look at the way the space is maturing, when you look at sort of like, I think you can look at this space, and I want to be cautious here about overstating my case, but I think you can look at the space and to be a bit generalistic, say there was a real peak between 2010, 2011, and 2014, 2015, where WordPress sort of turned a corner in its capabilities as a CMS was at a sort of right time and right place in terms of some CMSs growing out of a large part of the market and an absence of good, you know, good solutions, let's call it below WordPress, and really had a, a boom period where there was a lot of publications, a lot of uh, a lot of sites sent me to migration to WordPress that looked at it differently, that chose to go a different direction in platform, that were redesigning around us. There's a real boom period, I think, that I would call the sort of the 2010 to 2014, 2015. At the risk of sounding like a pessimist, I think we're a little bit we're past the boom times. I don't think we're in a depression or anything like that. I think it's a nice, healthy, stable economy, but I don't think it's a boom economy in WordPress anymore. I think it's really stabilized uh, in large part of the market, at least for where companies that would be of the size and shape with things like an acquisition or you know things like merging makes sense. Um, and so I think when that happens in marketplaces, what you see is a number of companies that were sort of... Uh, able to all succeed and have a lot of growth and have a lot of success on the backs of a boom market start to go into a period where it feels like for the for the market to be sustainable for the kind of business that they've built, for the kind of teams that they've built, where things like joining forces and combining resources start to make a lot more sense. Um, so I think you combine the fact of sort of like, I think the state of growth in WordPress, the maturity of some of the businesses in WordPress, I think frankly, just the life cycle of, you know, people like myself and other business owners in the space that have been in the space for a long time uh, and are sort of thinking about what the next stage and evolution in their businesses and their careers are, just sort of at that place where, you know, many businesses five to 10 years in start to look at that next stage of life cycle in their companies. Long rambling story short, I think you put those ingredients together and my guess is yes, that there'll be a lot of natural gravity pulling people toward looking more closely at those options.
1: Yeah I I could, I was just thinking because I, I was listening um to a great audio um podcast this week in startups um Jason was interviewing Tim O'Reilly um a very bright guy and he he was um he's got a book coming out in October and um he was talking about some of the key elements of the book and he was talking about how technology um sectors um, start off with a lot of players, a lot of different things happening, a lot of excitement, and then they mature, and they consider, they, they come together. Um, and a lot of the best, uh, some of the, um, looking for the right word here, some of the excitement in that area dies down. Um, the brightest people move on to other things. I'm not sure if we really got to that stage with WordPress, really, because I think one of the, being open source in a way, one of the amazing things about Matt was that he kind of developed WordPress with open source, and he's managed um, to keep a lot of excitement in the area, really. I think that's one of the um, things that make him really outstanding entrepreneur, and brilliant head of WordPress. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree with... There's a few points in there. I think I agree with...
1: Only a few. uh,
0: (laughs) I think so, yes. I think it's absolutely true to say that there are life cycles and technologies where it's more interesting, it's exciting, things are changing, things are different. By some force of like the people that like excitement move on to things that are now the new exciting, right? And by virtue of the fact that I think there is just a natural... I think a clumsy word choice is burnout, but I think maybe yeah. not quite what I mean, it's, it's less burnout than it is just interest in new opportunities it is a natural thing that comes to entrepreneurs. So I think you look across the WordPress ecosystem. I mean, I've, I'm, a, I'm a boring guy. It's worked in the same space for a long time. But I think you look at out across the space, a lot of the entrepreneurs that have led exciting companies in our space, and you have to ask yourself, like, they started these companies when they were in many cases younger than me, right, in some instances, right, like in their early to mid-20s, in many cases, started their companies. They've now been doing this for, we're getting close to 10 years in many cases for these companies, and you have to sort of scratch your head and wonder, like, do they want to do it for 40, right? If they don't want to do it for 40, what does that look like? Do these companies go through transformations? You know, it's one thing for a company, I think, even of like 10 up size to talk about like the transformation where, you know, leadership changes over time and is organic. It's another thing when you look at some of these companies, I think, that are 30, 40, 50, 20, and you have to wonder what next stage looks like um, for these entrepreneurs. And I think feeds into our discussion. As far as Matt goes, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, I know we're going to talk, hopefully we're going to get around to talking about things like Gutenberg. I do think as much as there's, uh, you know, people may want to be resistant to changes that feel disruptive. I do think ensuring that like WordPress has exciting opportunities around things like being a headless CMS, right? As a new frontier and how to build on those kinds of technologies. I do think shaking things up and saying, here's a new way we're going to look at handling how we create content in WordPress. I do think those are very important ingredients for both the CMS itself to stay relevant and exciting, but also to make sure that people that are building with it don't lose interest and get bored and feel like they're just always building with the same technology, saving the same, solving the same problems over and over you know for years so
1: that's great yeah. I think um one more question and then we go for a break um um Elast- Elastic Press um how's that going That sound- that sounded really really interesting what what you and your team were doing around there
0: yeah I'm really excited about what we're doing with Elastic Press um it's continues to be, I think, you know, a leading solution for integrating, talking about new and exciting technologies, integrating with Elasticsearch, or I think NoSQL and Elasticsearch and other options like Solar are one of the more exciting things going on in technology. Um, right now at scale, um, I think to be able to pair that with a hosted solution for people that it was a little bit inaccessible to an in enterprise because of the technical barrier, um, or that kind of blockaded us from creating a really great user experience for some complex features, because you kind of have to say, you know, um, you know, in many ways, similar to like what Matt's trying to do with something like a jetpack, right? You kind of have to say, okay, well, here's the plugin, but here's the 15 steps you have to understand and walk through to make it do X and Y, which are the really compelling use cases. And just be able to say for a certain segment of the audience that doesn't want to do that kind of configuration or just sign up and we'll take care of it on the back end for you um, it is compelling. The product is doing well, um, we have, a, I think, a good set of customers, including some people that have been introduced to the first time through the product and are only engaging with us through using that product. Um, I'm cautious to say to everybody that are, that are where Elasticsearch technology is right now, what our ambitions in terms of customer experience are 10-up, we're not striving at a starting point of $300 a month. We're not striving for this to be a mass market. We want tens of thousands of WordPress users buying this plugin. This is a very much a plugin for us that's targeted with a sustainable model of, for mm-hmm. us, a relatively modest set of small to medium and enterprise businesses for whom this provides high value. Which is to say, you know, even with the few dozen customers we have now, it's a very sustainable business because of the price point that we've set at. And that's very deliberate, you know, on our part. So I think, I guess I say that to say, like, when I think of, like, some of the other people that are selling, like, $100 a year plugins or something, it's a very different model in terms of how we think about and judge success. But the key thing for me is it's sustainable. The kind of customers we want to work with are being well served by it, having a good experience. Um, So...
1: That's great. Have there yeah. been any surprises, anything that come up that you did not anticipate? Um, I don't think anything
0: shocking uh, in the process. Um, you know, I think we'd... It's fair to say we'd been doing using this product internally for customers for over a year before we opened up to the audience. So I think most of the like, oh my gosh, we didn't realize we would have this kind of issue or that kind of issue we were prepared for um, in advance. I do think... You know, one of, I don't know if it's surprising to us, something that may be be interesting is that a lot of the interest we get from Elastic Press and that landing page oftentimes doesn't end up converting to somebody that wants a hosted solution from 10Up, but ends up converting to people that are really interested in us helping solve challenges with the Elastic Press, and they end up being agency customers. Um, So, you know, as an interesting aside about how it's positioned and how it's marketed.
1: Oh, great. I have no
0: complaints about that. So,
1: that's great news. I think we'll go for a break, folks. We'll be back in a minute and we'll continue the discussion with Jake. Really great stuff. Be back in a minute, folks. Do you want to
0: spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages. Page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, thirty day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's wp-tonic.com. Just like the podcast.
1: We're coming back. We've um, oh, I've really enjoyed it. Only Jake's enjoyed it. Oh. Uh, we, we've covered a few topics. I've gone on a wonder, but I sometimes do that, don't I? Um, you're used to it, listeners. Yeah, um
0: I do any favours with my rambling.
1: So You don't ramble. I'm the one that rambles. <laughs> you're not a rambler, <laughs> I can assure you. Um, I'm notorious, um, but I've got to use My how my mind works. But if you can put up with it, it does go somewhere. Uh, um, <laughs> Let's let's go on to Gurdensburg, a fascinating topic that's been taken up a lot of bandwidth. A lot of interesting things said about it, a lot of um, not so interesting. What's your take on um, how is it going and how it was handled, how it's been handled so far?
0: Yeah, I'm pro- so I can share uh, my sense of sort of Gutenberg in terms of its overall direction, in terms of how the UI is shaping up, in terms of what I think the project pretends for WordPress. I will confess before I <laughs> state my case, like I'm not, I'm not personally very plugged into like the politics of like how it was yeah. rolled, how it's been rolled out or sort of the the inside baseball of how it's been. Uh, very, very
1: wise. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, uh, right, other things to focus on politics. I do think starting it as a feature plugin is a smart way to go and giving people that exposure. But I don't know if there are other, like, nuances that are more inside baseball about it. Um, I am very excited for, Guten, for Gutenberg. I may be a little bit nervous about, like, making sure that as a company we're preparing customers for it the right way. I'm a little bit nervous about, like, I don't, you know, how how we make sure it's not disruptive um, but actually useful and, and rolled out the right way to our customers. So they have a great, exp- uh, great experience with it. But overall, like I like seeing this kind of assertive forceful change in the platform. We talked about it earlier. I think we need those kind of changes to stay relevant, to stay, uh, for lack of a better word, to stay sexy as a platform, to stay interesting as a platform. I think the, the most, scary thing about WordPress uh, to me, which I've said, and I think I've said and even written about in the past is staying stagnant, sort of falling into it works well, don't change it. I know we had, there was a lot of those discussions happening around the time of things like auto updates built into the platform where a lot of people, particularly earnestly on my side of the business in the enterprise space, sort of, you know, uh, pearl clutching about you're changing the nature of the software or this is scary. You can't make this kind of a change. I think I was, a was even at that time, a champion for it's not going to be that bad. By the way, enterprises, it's not hard for you as sophisticated people to turn off that feature. And We need this kind of thing to keep it interesting and relevant and tell a good story. And I think, you know, I, I don't know of anybody that's had an issue with it. In fact, if anything, I think people would miss it now if it was gone. I know Gutenberg is a much more significant leap than a turn on, turn off kind of like auto updating. But I really look at what they're doing and say, like, this is what I want to demo to the next generation of customers right? This is the kind of interfacing experience that people that are new to WordPress, that are discovering it for the first time, they are going to ladder up and be evaluating a platform. This is what I want them to see. And by the way, I also want customers who might be thinking about the next generation of their platform, the next generation of their CMS, to see that the CMS that they have is not getting stale, that it's doing interesting things. Frankly, it presents a business opportunity for us to go and pitch for ways we can extend this for them and ways we can upgrade their platform. And I also, on top of all of that, I think the, the basic framework of an interface that's more built around modular blocks is absolutely where content creation in the CMS should be going uh, as part of its direction like I do think and I gave this talk about like content distribution I'll be giving a talk about content distribution at WordCamp Sacramento yeah okay. and like one of the one of the spoiler alert right <laughs> one of the premises of that talk is like I, I think what content editing and creation is is going to it's going to increasingly in our industry, industry fragment based on the part of the, your use case for the CMS, which is to say like one of the premises of that talk is like if you're a journalist and you're doing news publishing, I actually think writing your content will move entirely out of the CMS hmm. uh, as an experience. And the CMS will just be a, a, a management point for that content, not a, not a creation point for the content. But I think when you think about like, people that are doing marketing kind of use cases, people that want to do more sophisticated content that's not just a block of text with images and videos that's going to be distributed to 15 different platforms, when you think about that very specific website, marketing, sophisticated content creation process, I think I think about things like different kind of blocks and modules, like a here are four other posts you might want to look at, or here's an, you know, imagination is the limit, right? Here's an interactive element that I want to insert. Specific to my use case, right? Here's a form element to you know, sign up for a white paper that I want to insert in this place in my content. Um, so I think that that sort of step toward creation of pages and layouts is where the CMS has to move. And the modularity of it to say, here are the kind of blocks that are relevant to this kind of customer. For a marketing customer, it could be a could be a call to action, it could be a form you insert as a block element on a page, it could be a you know, an email capture. For a campaign um, for a blogger. It might be different kind of photo gallery presentations. It might be if they do a lot of podcasting, it's a SoundCloud, right? Calm. I do think that kind of step in that direction is, is, is where we should be going, is where we should be leaning in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm doing the rambling, but again, that, that module component part in particular, where you can say, you can hypothetically say, these are the kind of blocks and modules that are relevant to this kind of customer in their writing use case here are ones that are not relevant
1: Um, no thanks so much for that um that view it's opened my eyes to something new really um i i i kind of um i I could understand why this was happening because um not in the great outline you've just given this it was more to do that you know um Automatic is in competition. You know, WordPress.com is in direct competition with Squarespace and Wix and uh, half a dozen other hosted solutions. And now, obviously, with WooCommerce, it's it's directly going to get um, in competition with companies like Shopify. Um, so I just saw that they would have to do something. Um, but you've helped. There's a bigger picture as well, isn't there? Um I think there was two factors on um, negative. I think negative is even too strong. There were two slight worries that I had with the process. um, Was that um, one of the things that I thought was fundamental was that it was going to break, possibly break, backward compatibility, which has been a bedrock of the WordPress. Um, The second thing is, I I thought there were problems with communication, basically, about this whole process, which has got a lot better recently. Um, Would you like to remark on both? Uh,
0: Maybe lightly. Again, I I really have no clue about the communication side of it. I think... um, I... So... To me, there's a phase where you're experimenting, where you want to be nimble, or to be honest, I empathize as an entrepreneur and a leader with being less interested in like the politics of everybody feeling good about the communication as opposed to let's focus on the product itself and iterating and building it. For many companies that that could have happened in a completely closed way, right? That could have been door closed, automatic copy projects plus maybe a few contributors, we're gonna build this thing out and we're ready for a 1.0 to showcase where we think WordPress is going, we'll expose that and then do a lot of marketing and communication. The nature of WordPress is we build these things in in the open, but they're still not like built in the open in the sense of like there's a marketing campaign, right? About what it is while we're in that early building open source process. We're still to my understanding, probably at least six months, if not a year out from the thing rolling out into WordPress as a platform. I think the time of getting to 1.0, 1.1, getting to the, the theory of the plugin and the concept and the prototype, being at a place where is the time to start thinking more intentionally about what the marketing and the communications plan is now. If you, we have this conversation again, four months, five months before Gutenberg rolls out, and I still feel like there's a general lack of awareness and understanding that exists now, I will be the first to vocally say, we have a problem here because we have a major change coming and nobody seems to have a clue what this is about, but I, I think it's it's a little too early to sort of clutch our pearls about that. I think now is the time to really be starting that conversation and starting to broadcast what this is, not necessarily, again, preoccupying ourselves with it during the early iteration and uh, development process. Um, so that was the communication piece, the backwards compatibility piece. So my understanding is that Um, For most modern best practice use cases, it's going to be pretty backwards compatible. There are not going to be major breaking issues. It's certainly not gonna be to my understanding in terms of how it's actually stored in the CMS. It's not gonna be a case of like you upgrade your site and your pages are broken. You might have, again, I'm gonna be a little bit cautious about how I have not gone and upgraded 10 sites and seen what happens, but I'm gonna be a little bit cautious about overstating my knowledge. That's my understanding at least of the goal. There may be more messiness around like when you actually go in to start editing your site especially if people are still relying on things like short codes, which the community has talked about for a while as not really being the right way, being a kind of hacky shortcut for a lot of solutions, but not a great way to solve the UI problem. Um, I may be a bit on my mountaintop. I'm I'm a little less fearful of the like, we're gonna in one particular part of the CMS, we're gonna break backwards compatibility. Like I just, I think if we want to be relevant years from now, there are going to be moments where we have to shed mm. technical debt and say, we need to break things. Now, if WordPress said, we're going to break... We're, it's, we, you auto, it's gonna be, obviously, you auto-upgrade, it's going to break your site. That's a big problem. If they said, we're, I think if we're going to break 10 different modules on the site, you're going to have to refactor those all at once. We might have a larger problem to talk about, but we've either got to accept slow slow uh breaking of backwards compatibility on an iterative basis slowly peeling back with enough warning and enough caution things that we think are technical debt holding us back or frankly we may have to go the extreme opposite direction at some point which i think is unlikely given our philosophy of like there is a you know uh you know wordpress you know wordpress 2 or maybe wordpress x or wordpress 10 is the joke of the day or something but like there's a new generation of WordPress that is almost completely not backwards compatibility that just breaks with a lot of the old standing. You can keep using the old one, but at some point you probably want to move on. Which is what Drupal did at a certain point. Interestingly, probably around the same point in the life cycle that WordPress mm. is right now. So again, rambling way of saying, I'm not afraid of breaking some backwards compatibility and shedding some technical debt. And I think it's being done, at least when I can see so far, again, ask me again when 5.0 is around the corner. So far, it's being done in a way that I think is responsible, considered, and uh, and measured.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. Actually, I, I actually it depends on how it's handled, is not it? But this kind of holy, and holy about backward compatibility, I actually think it's taking a little bit too far. Really, there's a balance point, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think that's the key, right? Like, if we want to be yeah. backwards compatible forever, great. Hard to see us being around in decade or two.
1: No, because that that that's all linked to the previous things we've discussed in this discussion, isn't it? You know, um, it's all linked in a way, isn't it? But um, like 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 I say, I think there there's a, a down to earth point where it becomes actually damaging. It's actually better you know, it holds the whole platform back, doesn't it? But there's been other occasions, but, you know, you still want to honour backward compatibility um, to a certain degree because um, it can be very damaging if it's not, isn't it? So I think we've covered that. Let's go on to something non-political. Let's go on to Sacramento WordCamp. That's this weekend. Um, you're gonna be there, I'm gonna be there, and almost all a fair crew of the WP Tonic Round posse are gonna be there either presenting or there like myself. Um obviously you're not involved with in the running, but you've been involved, you know, very strongly with the development of the of um of the WordCamp and meetups in Sacramento. So are you looking forward to it? And how do you think it's going to go in the new venue?
0: Uh, I'm pumped for it. Um, maybe a little bit selfishly because I don't—I'm not on any kind of organized volunteering duty I'm just going to speak Thank take,
1: God! I'm, thank God! Yeah, this year <laughs> and
0: you know immense credit to uh, you know uh, Jennifer Bourne in particular and the whole organizing crew over there. Uh, They—they're doing a fantastic job. I know this is going to be probably one of the best organized and best run camps. Um, that I'll go to uh, in the next year. Um, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited for my talk. I'm excited for the roster, which I think is incredibly impressive uh, for Sacramento. I'm excited to see you and the Tana crew and everybody else. Um, I haven't gotten to go to the meetup as often as I would like to, since I've had my kid and I'm kind of on parent duty a lot of nights um, in between running a business. So I'm also just looking forward to catching up with a lot of the community down there.
1: So, so um, I think what we do, if you're okay with it, um, I think we're, go for our formal end to the podcast. And are you okay to spend another 10 minutes on the YouTube yeah. channel that be people will be able to see on the YouTube channel and on the website? Is that okay? Yeah. So, um, Jake, how can people get to know more about 10Up and about yourself and what you're up to?
0: Best way to learn about 10Up is to uh, either follow us on Twitter, which is, shockingly, at 10Up, um, up not spelled out, um, or go to the website of the similar domain and, and stay attuned to our blog. Uh, for me personally, uh, it's it's Jake J A K E M G O L D on Twitter it's sort of the public persona. You can also go to uh, Facebook.com/slash Tenup Agency on Facebook to get some updates uh, about the company. But I think those are your those are your best bets.
1: Oh, that's great. Um, and. <clears throat> To get hold of me, folks, it's quite easy. Get me on Twitter at Jonathan Denwood. You can email me personally um, at jonathan at wp-tonic.com. And I I do answer my email, um, not straight away, but if it's um, urgent and out, I will get back to you as soon as possible. And basically, you want to support the show. We love people commenting, giving us feedback, people you want us to interview, topics that you want us to cover. And if you've got a spare moment, if you can give us a review on iTunes, I say it every week, but it does really help the show. And um, I just want to say to Jake, you've been a great member of the WordPress community. You've helped me personally on a couple of issues. Really appreciate it. Great guy. And I've really enjoyed the interview. And you can hear more. um, We're going to continue the discussion on YouTube, which you'll be able to see on the YouTube channel that's getting more and more subscribers. Or go to the website, and there'll be a full transcript of the interview on the website there as well. We'll see you next week where we will be interviewing a member of the WordPress community, a business owner that uses WordPress, or just a WordPress junkie in general. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye.